welcome to worship. It is indeed one of the big blessings that we all receive to be able to come here and worship our God together. To draw together as the family of God, brothers and sisters in Christ, coming to worship and to hear from God. So if you're joining for the first time today, I am Pastor Ann, and uh, I'm honored and blessed to be able to serve alongside Pastor Andy here at The Way Woodstock. Um, we're glad that you're here, and we hope you'll join every Sunday with us. Um, this is a community where we are committed to sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. In our Back to Basics series, we've been looking at some of the questions that maybe most of us have experienced somewhere along the line in our journey of faith with Jesus. Today, we're going to be looking at the question, why do bad things happen? Why do consciously healthy people suddenly grow terminally ill? How can those who've worked hard and saved all their life suddenly lose everything because of factors beyond their control? In a world of abundance such as ours, how can it be that more than 10,000 people will starve to death every day? Why do innocent people die in violence every day? And why do innocent people die in senseless wars? As we seek to understand God, we go back to the very beginning of time, and we see that our God is a creative and a relational God. He created everything by speaking it into existence. And in the beginning, everything was good. There was no pain. There was no suffering. There were no tears. There was no death. As a matter of fact, everything was perfect. So what happened? Because the world around us is certainly not like that now. So we're going to go back and we're going to look in Scripture in Genesis 3. And we're going to read about what happened. We're going to hear God tell us what happened way back then. Genesis 3, verses 1 to 13. Hear the word of God. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat, tree from the, eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig, tree, fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden, 
in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Dear most gracious God, we um, come to you today, Lord, and ask that you shine your light into our lives and into hearts and into our minds that we may see more clearly um, what you would have us see today. And it is in the name of the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. In Genesis 2, we're told that God did create everything, and he gave the fruit of every tree to be eaten by mankind except for one. God said to them, But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, it's important for us to remember at this point that God also gave mankind free will. He gave mankind the ability to choose, to choose God and his ways or not. And we see that Adam and Eve chose their own will, wanting to become like God. And in their disobedience, evil entered into the world. When we choose to leave God out of our life and out of our decisions, and we live life according to our own will, it opens the door for evil to enter in. And with evil comes pain and suffering. The world we live in is indeed broken. It is no longer perfect. But as Andy told us last Sunday, he reminded us, We can have hope because Jesus will come again. And when he comes again, everything will be restored. His people and all of creation. But for now, bad things happen every day. And when bad things happen in our lives, we often find ourselves asking one of two questions. The first question often is, why? Why did this happen to me, Lord? The second question that sometimes we ask is, okay, God, where were you when this happened? Oftentimes, we can see why bad things happen. It might be because of our own sinful decisions, times when we shut God out and we follow our own wishes and desires. Or it may be when other people shut God out. And followed their own wishes and desires. 
People have chosen to shut God out of their lives, and evil enters in. Or it might be a result of the natural flow of life, job loss, age-related transitions, death. But other times, it's simply unexplainable. Now, it's important for us to remember, God does not choose for us to suffer in abusive relationships. God does not will for his children to get cancer. He doesn't cause accidents and illness. He doesn't cause hurricanes, flooding, and natural disasters. But sometimes we just don't have an answer for things like addiction and depression and illness. And at these times, when we ask ourselves the question of why something is happening or why something happened that brought on our suffering, We just have to say, I don't know why. But suffering happens because we live in a broken world that has not yet been fully restored. The other question, the second question we often ask ourselves is, where is God when we're hurting? Now, scripture tells us over and over and over that God is with us at all times And especially when we're hurting. Here are just a few examples. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And then Isaiah 61, the words that Jesus read in the temple. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me, talking about Jesus, to to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And then in Romans, Paul reminds us, in Romans 8, 38, 39, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus knew pain. Jesus was betrayed by his closest friends. He was deserted and he was left alone. And his body was brutally violated as he was tortured and then hung on a cross to die. As he suffered, he too felt forsaken as he cried out to the Father, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yet three days later, as he rose from the grave, 
He knew that the Father was with him and was working to bring good out of pain. Even in those times when we may not feel God's presence, he is with us and he wants us to know and to seek him for comfort and healing. Rabbi Harold Kushner knew firsthand that life could be hard. He wrote a book entitled, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. He wrote this book after the death of his 14-year-old son. And in his book, he has these words for us. And I quote, What did I do to deserve this is an understandable outcry from a sick or suffering person. But it is really the wrong question. Being sick or being healthy is not a matter of what God decides that we deserve. The better question is, if this has happened to me, what do I do now? And who is there to help me do it? It becomes much easier to take God seriously as the source of moral values if we don't hold him responsible for all the unfair things that will happen in the world, end quote. So the question is not why or where, but when. Reality is, we will all experience difficulties in this life that cause pain and heartache. So when bad things happen, what do we do? We do have a choice regarding how we handle things. We can try to go it alone or we can choose God in his ways. We can allow God and others who love God to help us. Let's look to scripture again for some answers. Joshua, Joshua 1.9 reminds us, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I loved the songs this morning, by the way. Praise team, thank you. That first song, be you know, victorious. You know, we are, you know, he's he we're gonna claim the victory because God's gonna do it for us. He's gonna win that battle for us. Then in Deuteronomy 31 8, we're reminded the Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then one of my favorites, and I think probably everybody's favorites, is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right, right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When bad things happen, we do have a choice. 
We can get bitter or we can get better. Do we try to handle things from our own strength or do we lean into God? Do we try to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and pretend that nothing's happened? Or do we allow ourselves to grieve our losses and then allow God to provide comfort and healing that we so desperately need? We can choose to close God out or we can choose to lean into him, to claim his promises for us. I can tell you from my own personal experiences that it was, it was during those most difficult, painful seasons of my life that God made himself the most real to me. But he didn't just do it. It was because during those times, I would seek after him. I would read my Bible. I would pray. I, would, I was seeking his face. And he showed up. And he showed up in many different ways that were just, I, I can't even tell you the many different ways that he showed up. But when we seek him with our whole heart during times of pain and loss, he will show up and he will supply the strength, the courage, the comfort, and the healing that we need and want. We just have to be aware that he shows up in ways that we might not always recognize or expect. Our pain and our suffering will change us, but how it changes us will ultimately depend on the foundation upon which we have built our lives. If we trust that God can bring good out of the bad, we just may find a new purpose and passion for life. We might be able to share with others and strengthen them during their times of difficulties. And I think about the, uh, the story of Joseph, what, what the enemy meant for evil. Remember Joseph, who his brothers sold him into slavery, and then he rose to the, in good, good standing with the king, and then he got falsely accused and thrown into jail where he sat for, for years. And then finally he got released to interpret the king's dreams, and he was able to help the king prepare for a famine that was beginning to come. And his family came to get food because they had stored up food. And when they realized who he was, they were afraid. And Joseph said to them, what you meant for evil, God has meant for good. He's turned it into good. So he can do that with our difficulties and our pain as well. May we be like the Apostle Paul in Romans 35, 37 to 39. And there's a part of that I quoted earlier, but I'm going to enlarge it now. Who shall separate us from the, the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of the sword? No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, not any powers, neither height nor depth, 
nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you struggling now? Do you need encouragement? Or is there someone that you know that's struggling now? Someone that you may be able to come alongside and encourage? Again, may our words echo the words of Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. Pain and suffering are inevitable in this world, but we don't have to let that pain and suffering be meaningless. We can allow God to comfort us, and we can allow others to come alongside us when we're in need. It's what we do as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're to be there for one another, but we have to be real with one another. We have to be vulnerable. We have to be willing to allow somebody to enter into our pain and to walk with us. You know, sometimes we need others to hold us up when we can't hold ourselves up in prayer. It's what we do as brothers and sisters in Christ. And sometimes God will even lead you to walk along somebody else who's hurting As I close, I want to share with you um, a scripture that, that uh, for years, many years ago, but for, for years, I kept coming to this, I was drawn to this scripture, and I didn't quite, I didn't fully understand it, but, I, but God kept drawing me to it, and it's Philippians 3.10, and this is what it says, it says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. We all want that, right? But here's the words that were a little, I had to chew on for a while. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. It was that participating in his sufferings that I just, I just didn't quite, um, I couldn't, I couldn't get my mind around it for a long time. And one day I was, I was meditating on this scripture and, and one of my favorite songs is Knowing You. And this is the third verse, actually. They take this scripture and put it into the, the, the third verse of that song. Uh, And it's, oh, to know the power of your risen life and to know you in your suffering, to become like you in your death, my Lord, so with you to to live and never die. And um, one day I was meditating on this scripture and I just closed my eyes and I was picturing Jesus in my mind's eye. I was picturing him hanging on the cross and, and with my eyes closed, the tears just started running down my cheeks. 
And um, the thought came to me that his suffering truly was all about love. All about love. He went to the cross, and the second song we sang today, Praise Team, was that song about, you know, how deep the Father's love for us. Perfect. Perfect song. How deep the Father's love for us. That Jesus would come, that God would come into this world, walk alongside us, suffer alongside us in ways that many of us will never suffer in. But that participating in his suffering, the question came to me, if his suffering was truly about love, could our suffering also have something to do with love? And I know for me, like I shared earlier, it was during those difficult days of my most intense suffering when I laid it all down and said, Lord, I can't do it anymore on my own. I need you. I need you to show up. I need to see you. I need to hear you. And he, show, he shows up through people who come and say things to us, through books we read, through songs we hear, through crazy little things. But he shows up when we seek him with our entire heart and soul. He will show up. So the question again becomes, could our suffering have something to do with love? With his love for us? You know, we tend to love comfort. And we like to just kind of stay comfortable and do our own little thing. And, but sometimes in the midst of our suffering... We're given the opportunity to open the door to him. Not to the, to the evil one in following our own will in, in this world. But in our suffering, we're given an opportunity to come and kneel at his feet and lay it all down and welcome him in. And so it is becoming like him in his death, laying it all down. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. You know, so it's, it's as we go through periods of difficulties and we bring it to him and we allow him to speak into our lives, because sometimes it's during those times of suffering too that we become more aware of our own our own um, wanderings, I guess that's the best way to put it, that we realize we've wandered away from him. And he'll show us things about ourselves that, you know, wow, I didn't realize that. So it's like those can be real growth opportunities in our faith. Time for him to really show up and show off time for him to heal but we have to do our part in being willing to bring it to him and when we do 
we can rise again to new life through the suffering, in spite of the suffering, and oftentimes what the devil or the evil one meant for bad, God can turn to good. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Dear most gracious God, we do like to be comfortable, but Lord, just help us to start to look at those periods of our life when we struggle differently. Help us to see that um, there are opportunities even in the midst of those things, even in the midst of the pain, even in the midst of the suffering, you're there and you're calling us. And you're wanting to minister to us. So, Lord, may we open our hearts and our minds and our souls to you during these times and ask you to enter in. And it is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. And all God's people said, Amen.